We'll be in Ephesians chapter 6 as we continue our study through this book on Wednesday nights. We are now considering the armor of God, which is found in verses 14 through 18. In the verses preceding this, we read how we need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We need to put on the whole armor of God because we are in a spiritual battle. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness. And once we put on the whole armor of God, we're called to stand. We're to stand against the wiles of the devil. We are to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, we are to stand. And then let's begin in verse 14. I'll read through verse 18. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So we've been in verse 14 for the last two weeks where we've been considering having our loins girt about with truth. And I want to pick back up on this thought one more week on the first part of verse 14. Remember that our loins are our core. It's the center of our stability. And we need the truth of God's Word at the very center of who we are if we are going to be stable Christians. We need to be surrounded by the truth of God's Word. Therefore, we must be in the Word of God. And we must be in a church which preaches and teaches the Word of God. We talked about how truth is what binds us together. We are not bound to each other through emotional experiences. But it is to be the truth of God's Word which unites us. If we are only connected to God on an emotional level, then when our emotions change, our relationship with God is in jeopardy. And the problem is, we cannot maintain a certain level of emotions indefinitely. We're human. We have ups and we have downs, and some are more even than others. But our emotions change, and it's truth we need to keep our relationship solid with God because truth never changes. Think of a marriage. When a marriage is built upon emotions only, it's in danger of faltering because there will be times when you're not as emotionally happy as maybe you were at some other point. And if you haven't settled on the truth of God's Word concerning marriage, then you will not have a solid foundation. But when a marriage is built upon the truth of God's Word, when the core of a marriage is truth, then that marriage is bound together by something which cannot break. And while the emotions will change, and while you will have ups and downs, you can weather it all because at your core is truth. Or you could think of a friendship. How many friendships have ended because of one isolated event which somehow became the defining factor of a friendship that has been around for years. And we let one event now define an entire friendship. 
We may have misunderstandings. We may have differences of opinions. But we can remain friends and we can work through challenging circumstances because at the core of of our friendship ought to be truth. And when it's truth, we can work through difficult times. When it comes to joining together as a church body, we can't use our emotions as the basis of what brings us together here tonight. Don't choose a church based upon fellowship only, based upon music only, based upon the excitement of the body only. But you first need to choose your church based upon truth. Does that church have truth at its core? Music is important. Fellowship is important. I don't like dead church. All of that's important, I get that, but you first need to choose your church based upon truth. Does that church have God's truth at its core? Because a church can preach truth, but then they may not have the right kind of music. They can preach truth, but really have no fellowship. As soon as the last amen, everybody's out the door. You've been in church like that? I mean, you look around, less than five minutes, the parking lot's cleared out. No real fellowship. Those things are important, I get that. The preaching may, it may be truth, but it may be with the wrong spirit. Look for the church which will stand upon the truth of God's Word, because you can always go back to that foundation when your opinions are unstable in other areas because of the fluctuations of your emotions. Okay, so you may not agree with every decision the preacher makes, but does he preach truth? Okay, the fellowship may not always be what you want, but does the church preach truth? So you may come to church in a melancholy mood, and you wanted a less exciting song service. You wanted to sing, Nobody Knows. (laughs) And we're up here singing Victory in Jesus. But does the church preach truth? We've assembled as a body of believers because... We have said we agree on truth as it is found in this King James Bible. And while we may not agree on the extra-biblical decisions that are made all the time, we can agree that so long as God's truth is at our core, then we can remain unified and we can stand together in this evil day. But not being united by truth will cause us to be defeated because if you don't stand for truth, then you'll fall for anything. And that can mean falling to false doctrines, lies and accusations, those things that come from without, or many churches will simply implode because of those things, especially the lies and the accusations from within. For example, it came to my attention a week or two ago that someone here took it upon themselves to tell a family who recently left that I ran them down from the pulpit in front of the church. And that's a bold-faced lie. There was no truth in their accusation. Because of a lack of truth, I don't sense there's much hope for reconciliation now. I'm choosing to believe that it wasn't malicious in any way but simply a case of misunderstanding. Maybe hearing something that wasn't said in the shock of the moment. 
But listen, if you're going to do something as careless as that, please let me know. Let me know you perceived a problem so that we can talk about it. It could just be a misunderstanding. We can try to get it worked out in here before you decide to broadcast lies and publish it in GAF. Just in case the incident was malicious, I want to take a sidetrack to address this just for a moment, and then we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming. I mentioned the possibility of this being malicious because there have been four public departures since I've been here, and three of those I have been told that I have ran them down from the pulpit. That has never happened. Never, not once. And this is a tactic that Satan uses because unfortunately it works time and time again. Jesus said of the devil that from the beginning he abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he's a liar and the father of it. The opposite of truth is falsehood and bearing false witness. The only way to overcome it is to stop spreading lies and stick with the truth. When in doubt, shut your mouth. It's just a friendly reminder that one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And I just want to say, if, if you have a problem with something, then please let me know about it. Please communicate. Don't speak lies. Don't speak lies. I don't know if you've ever been the victim of someone spreading lies about you, but the Bible teaches that an open enemy is better than a secret enemy. In case you're wondering, I don't know who it is. I'm not even sure I want to know who it is. But I want you to know I'm not against you no matter how you meant it. But just in case that one is here and or is listening, then I want to let you know it sure hurts when there are those from within who will smile at you when you're assembled together, but then conspire against you behind your back. And you see, it's all a result of a lack of truth and not communicating. In Psalm 55, verses 12 through 14, David writes, For it was not an enemy that reproached me, then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me, then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man mine equal, my guide and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked into the house of God in company. David went on to say in verses 20 and 21 of that same psalm, He that put forth his hand against such as be at peace with him, he hath broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than all, yet were they drawn swords." And you can sense the hurt that develops when there's an absence of truth. David was saying, I can deal with it when the uncircumcised Philistine is coming out against me. I can deal with the Goliaths that come against me. David expected that, and we all expect that from the world. But it was too much to bear when one who walked to church with him had secretly been his enemy. David said, I thought we were at peace. But come to find out in his heart, he was at war with me. He was verbally saying one thing, but his heart was saying the opposite. And his words to me were kind, but come to find out, they were really swords drawn at me. It was all a front. It was all hypocrisy. 
In Psalm 41.9, he writes, Yea, mine own familiar friend in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. And this is what it feels like to me to learn there may be secret enemies. I pray, I study, I prepare meals to feed you week after week from this table. And it seems like we're all friends. But apparently there's someone who's rising up against the one who feeds them. And it cuts deep. And it hurts. And when there's a revelation of a lack of truth, it causes mourning and it causes heartaches. In Job 19.19, he said, All my inward friends abhorred me, and they whom I love are turned against me. It's too painful. Falsehoods always hurt. So please don't be the one who is secretly spreading lies and bearing false witness against others. If you have an issue with someone, it'd be, it'd be right and biblical to go to them and try to work it out. Let truth prevail and not falsehood. Proverbs 27, 5 and 6 says, Open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And I believe if we will remain girt about with truth, then we can overcome whatever comes our way. Whether it be lies from within or attacks from without. Truth can still prevail in every situation if we just allow it to. And if we will do this, then we won't be infected and we won't be destroyed by lies and accusations. Now back to my original point before this long but necessary sidetrack. With truth girt about, we will have the right kind of church with the right kind of music, with the right kind of fellowship, with the right kind of preaching and teaching. Amen? Our text verse says, Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. And thinking militarily, because that's the context here, you can stand your ground when you have truth. When you have truth, you can understand the cause you are fighting for. I think this is what has made the wars of the past 60 years more difficult to cope with for those coming home. From the Korean War and back, we had a clear objective in what we were doing. We went in, did what we had to do, and we got out. But since the Vietnam War, with the exception of the short-lived desert storm, it's been harder for our fighting men and women because they don't always clearly understand the objective. How do you stand and withstand when you don't even know what it is you're standing for? Do you realize we have a military who is fighting and dying in Afghanistan who don't even remember the 9-11 attacks or weren't even born yet? And they have to watch their brother in arms die and they sit back and wonder, what was it all for? It's been 19 years. What's the real objective? Just to indefinitely kill Al-Qaeda targets as they come up? How do you stand, therefore, when you don't know what the core mission objective is? When you don't know truth, you can't stand boldly. When you don't know truth, you don't even know what the mission is. You may not even know what the assembling of these saints together is for. For some, it's just, well, I get to hear music. For some, well, it's just, I get to have good fellowship. Why are we even assembling? What, what is it that we're doing? 
You might pick up some key phrases along the way about God and the Bible, and you may even learn how to navigate somewhat in the spiritual battlefield. But do you know why there's an armor of God? Do you even know what it is you've enlisted into? Some people sign up for the military because of the benefits. Amen. I mean, that was part of the reason I signed up, but it wasn't the main reason. I mean, where else can you go at 17 and get 30 days paid leave a year? Free clothes, free housing, medical, dental. It worked out pretty good for a 17-year-old. But a lot of people sign up. They don't even know really what they're signing up for because they just wanted the benefits without grasping what they've gotten themselves into. I remember after 9-11, there was a news piece where they were, I think, at Fort Benning or somewhere, and they were interviewing some army troops, and and they were saying, uh, I signed up for the GI Bill. I didn't sign up to go to war. You must have your loins girt about with truth. And you must arm yourself with truth. When you know truth, you know the mission. When you know truth, you know the objective. And when you know truth, you understand your heavenly leadership. When you know truth, you know it's more than the benefits that you're a part of tonight. A lot of people, they come to Christ on their profession saying, I'm just in this for the benefits. I'm looking forward to heaven. What's the Bible say? You must enter into the kingdom through much tribulation. Don't forget, there's a battle along the way. You know you're going to have to go through warfare. That warfare is part of the territory when you become a Christian. And unfortunately, many of the modern, well-known prosperity preachers have skirted around that. That if you just think the right thoughts, you'll be okay. Listen, you're going to have battles. Amen. You're going to have battles. And if you've ever led an organization and, and, you've had to, and you've had people beneath you and they are trusting to follow you, when they don't know what the objective is, they lose interest. They show up and do their job, but they have no idea why they're doing it. And we've got to be careful as a church because sometimes we can just show up because of the service that we do. Well, I've got a ministry I've got to fulfill. I'm the warm body in that seat. Wait a minute. What is God calling you to do? What is your mission there? What is your objective? And when you have truth of God's Word, you understand these things. And it no longer just becomes you showing up because this is what you do. Is everybody with me? So you've got to have your loins girt about with truth. When you don't know truth, it's easy for someone to lose sight of their Christian mission and their calling. Without truth at your core, it's easy for someone to come along and twist the Word of God to where you are unable to protect yourself against falsehood, false doctrine. Because remember, truth here, it's a protective measure. It protects your core. But there are going to be those who are going to twist the Word of God, and they're going to try to convince you of a lie. And if you don't know truth, you won't be able to stand. In 2 Peter 3, 15-18, it says, Even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, W-R-E-S-T, as they do also the other Scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord 
and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. The only way to get truth girt about you is to become grounded in the Word of God. When I was teaching chapel, I would walk up and down the aisles to make sure everybody opened their Bible. Do you even have your sword? Do you even have the Word of God open? Are you even interested in what it has to say? They're coming after you. Peter warns us not to be led away with error or fall from our own steadfastness. But we are to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord. And my point is, when we don't have our loins girt about with truth, then we're more susceptible to fall victim to those who are twisting the Scriptures. We're told in 1 Corinthians 15.58 to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain. Only truth causes us to be steadfast. Only truth will cause us to stand and be unmovable. And we'll continue to labor and stand when we know why we do what we do. Here's what made the early church strong despite all they went through. Acts 2.42, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking in bread and in prayers. An individual's core strength and a church's core strength comes from right doctrine. It comes from steadfastly being in the truth. And it's not a one and done lesson. They continued in doctrine. Let me put it this way. They were daily girding their loins about with truth. Have you heard of those who say things like, I've read through every chapter in the Bible. And they say that as if that's all they ever needed was one read-through. I've read the Bible through. I know what it says. Sometimes people say, I've read it through, and they act like that's all they'll ever need throughout their whole life. I have successfully gleaned from God's Word all they need because I've read it. It's not a novel that you read through once and you have an understanding of it all. Being girt about with truth is not reading the Bible through one time, thinking you've got it all. But the Bible is the living Word of God. And we are to be daily in the Word. You must daily girt your loins about with truth. You must gather in manna daily. It's not enough to just read it, but you must be meditating upon it, studying it, memorizing it. And I want you to take this the right way tonight, but don't simply rely on those little bitty daily bread devotionals. That's like Taco Bell. You just drive through and get it. I shouldn't use Taco Bell because I love Taco Bell, amen. It's like McDonald's. McDonald's stinks. To be honest with you, in most cases with devotional books, you're really only getting what the author got for himself or herself. And you're not getting what God has for you personally for that day. And just to be clear, I'm not against devotional books. Some of them are very good in teaching. So I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it needs to be personal. It needs to be you, God, and the Word. Are you girt about with truth? Are you being guided by truth? During the Second World War, Nazi Germany commissioned the Bismarck battleship in August of 1940. 
the Bismarck along with the Tirpitz of the same class were two of the largest battleships made by any European power at that time. And its mission was to disrupt and raid allied shipping lanes between North America and Great Britain. Long story short, the Bismarck only lasted nine months after it was commissioned. After the Bismarck and another German ship destroyed the HMS Hood in the Strait of Denmark, the Royal Navy relentlessly pursued after the Bismarck and was on its way to occupied France to be repaired. Once the Royal Navy caught up with the Bismarck, they attacked it with torpedo bombs dropped from biplanes launched from an aircraft carrier, the HMS Ark Royal. One torpedo scored a hit, which rendered the battleship's steering gear inoperable. The rudder assembly had been damaged, and the rudder became locked in a 12-degree turn to the left, or port to those of you who are nautically minded. It no longer had any direction. As a result, the ship became unmaneuverable, and it really was just able to circle. And the enemy, the Royal Navy, opened fire until... She finally was overcome with damage. This is what happens when someone doesn't have truth surrounding their core. They are just adrift at sea. They have no sense of direction because they're rudderless. And you can't maneuver them because they don't want to receive truth. They're not malleable. So you can't guide them Ephesians 4.14 says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Hebrews 13.9 says, Be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. We need to be stable Christians in this evil day. We need to stand. We need to know where we stand and why. What's our mission? Why are you here tonight? Otherwise, we become disabled at sea and we just become an easy target for the enemy to hit. Hundreds of rounds were being fired upon the Bismarck. So are your loins girt about with truth? Are you a stable Christian tonight? Do you know your Bible? You know what Zechariah says about our Savior? Can you protect yourself with the truth of God's Word? And do you know your mission? Do you know your objective in life? What is God calling you to do? Do you even know what the revealed will of God is in the Word of God? Those things that are clearly stated, do you know what those are? Don't expect to know more objectives until you get that. But I want to tell you, God has a purpose for your life. Every one of you, God has a purpose for your life. And it's unique, and I don't know what that is. I'm not the Holy Spirit in your life. He's got a purpose for you. But you've got to be in the Word of God. Maybe you're just kind of following those around who are in church hoping they can safely navigate and you can just follow them. They're going to die one day. And you're going to be rudderless because you put all your faith in man. 
And I know whereof I speak here because I have to counsel people who are absolutely at a loss when somebody dies. Well, they were my reason. They were my strength. They were my this. Well, well, wait a minute. That's supposed to be Christ. If you're just going in circles out there in the ocean of life, I'm warning you tonight, you are an easy target for the enemy. We must have truth to protect our core. And I'll close tonight by telling you this. As we go forward in this study in the armor of God, I want you to understand we first need truth if we're going to properly wear the other pieces of armor. This could be why the Holy Spirit led Paul to write about truth first. Because without truth, what is true righteousness? What is the true gospel of peace? What is real faith? What is true salvation? What is the true Word of God? If you get truth wrong from the outset, then you're not going to understand the whole armor of God. And you'll have a corrupted view of righteousness. A corrupted view of the gospel, of faith, of salvation, of the Word of God. So do you have truth tonight? The Bible says you can have truth. All of us who are in Christ have access to the same Holy Spirit that Jesus said will come and guide us into all truth. You can have truth tonight. It's not something magical for some preacher. It's for every child of God. We're just to ask in faith, nothing wavering. That's what James says. He that lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. He'll give it to you liberally. He won't upbraid you for it. So do you have truth tonight? Let's pray.